Championship is being played this week. Tom, I'm standing here with the little sluggers and some of their parents, and I can't tell you how excited they are. This is the Hot Corner. Little Stan March is the pitcher for the South Park Little League team. Mr. March, you must be very proud of your son. They've worked really hard to get here, Chris, and, you know, I don't like to really trash talk, but I don't think Denver has a chance. With Patrick Harris and Joe Fisher. Oh, well, I'm sure some of the Denver kids' parents would disagree with you and... Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! South Park is going down! There ain't no way some little mountain kids can beat Denver! Not with my son on second base! On the Odyssey app... Oh, it looks like we got some parental trash talking going on here. Mr. Marsh, any comment? Well, I think that there's a... Uh... Mr. Marsh? Who wants to hear from a Mr. Marsh? I am the ultimate Little League trash-talking father. I am the Bat Dad. Bat Dad knows no fear. And 1080. Bat Dad knows no pain. I want you, Marsh. I want you. The Fan. Hour number two of the Hot Corner right here on 1080. The Fan, Joe Fisher and Will Ortner rocking with you tonight. Patrick Harris is out being a busy businessman. Jordan Schultz is out being a uh, Boston Bostonian with his wife and friends for a wedding for the next two weeks or something. I don't know. If two weeks? Oh, that's right, because I am, I am here next week, aren't I? Yeah. That's right. I, I have it written down. Yeah. It's in my, it's in my calendar. Okay. It's in my calendar. All right, all right, all right. I just can't be here on Sunday. That's um, I can be there the next Sunday. I heard something in your update, Will Ortner, and then I saw something on the TV screen that uh, shocked me. So you mentioned mm. how Nikola Jokic had another triple double, a thirty point triple double. It's like his third one. I, I, yeah, I want to say he ended up with like thirty four, thirty five, something like that. Do you want to uh, know who else had a thirty point triple double tonight? Tonight, tonight. Oh, in the WNBA, <laughs> Brianna Stewart. No, my friend, it was also in the NBA. Also in the tonight, Jamal Murray had a thirty point triple double as well. And for the first time in NBA history, two players on the same team in the same night had 30-point triple-doubles. That is absolutely insane. That would make sense since my Bruce Brown bet didn't hit. <laughs> Those two guys were hogging the ball the whole time. Now all my Nikola Jokic bets hit, and so I will not overly complain. But, uh, yeah, now, see, I knew I should have went with Murray. That's insane. <sighs> two 30-point so triple Dude, I hope they win it. Honestly, so I'm putting. It, I, I'm sorry, Miami. I know you've been very close the last few times. Now uh, you went once in the bubble and you lost in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, and you, now you're here again. But man, it definitely seems like it's the Nuggets' time. It's their time. They're so good, and I mean, we talked about this with Degrom, but you finally have a team where everyone is healthy. Yeah, you have all of your guys. Gordon's finally healthy. MPJ's finally healthy. Although he's been kind of lackluster in the finals, he was a key component to getting you here. Um, and then Murray's healthy. Murray being healthy has completely turned around this team from, hey, they're a solid team, they're going to get to the playoffs, to they're going to win the finals, they're probably going to do it in five or six games, and we're going to be talking about them being one of the more dominant champions in NBA history for a playoff stretch. Yeah. It's... um. It's looking, like I said, it, it's their time. It's their time now for the Denver Nuggets. And it's and it's the time now for Ellie. Is it Ellie De La Cruz? Ellie De La Cruz. We're going to, that's Eli? Right. I think Ellie. 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 I don't know how you say his first name, but uh, I'm sure I will soon. 
But Ellie De, De La Cruz is the newest sensation in the MLB because the dude just absolutely mashes dongs. And when I say that, guy hit like a 460-foot home run for his first career home run in Cincinnati today. He almost hit it out of the stadium. And it was like 114 miles per hour exit velocity. Uh, Will, if you could, I'm pretty sure we have the drop, uh, the sound bite somewhere in the library from his home run today. Um, I heard it played on primetime, so <laughs> I'll be honest. I know it's in there somewhere. Um, but the guy just crushes balls. You, and that's a mark right there, If a drop if I've ever heard one. I like mean, his, yesterday, holy cow, his double and he, a triple? Yeah, his double was had like 112 exit velocity and... The guy is insane. I think also already uh, stealing a base, he he hit perfect. Um, stealing a base, he already like hit the fastest miles per hour of any Reds runner all year, like trying to steal a base or run to home, whatever it was. So the guy is already just like a clear freak of nature out there that the Reds haven't seen all year. Um, you said you got it, right, Will? That's I what do. I said perfect you... on air for is you telling me in my ear that you got it. Yeah, um, yeah here, here's the call from earlier today of his uh, first career home run. Anticipation to see what... Oh, goodness! <laughs> that ball had a family! In game two, his first home run! A two-run bomb! <laughs> Can we also give uh, kudos to the play-by-play guy on that. just oh my goodness that ball had a family <laughs> dude he he literally almost hit it out of the stadium it was a fan in the top of the stand standing up to catch that ball you know i'd like to think that uh joe fisher phenom for the baltimore orioles on mlb the show mashes some balls but um nothing like this i haven't got the numbers on a home run on mlb the show yet like i've seen from ellie de la cruz on the cincinnati reds you don't mess with someone's poor family? No. <laughs> yeah, I have not done that. Although I did set some uh, pretty pretty sweet records for the Orioles this year. I will say that. But um, congrats. This guy, like, uh, I want to say also I saw it on uh, Reddit. Yes, that's what it was. That the Great American Ballpark had their lowest attendance in its 20-year history ever on Monday. And now they're like, that's it. <laughs> Bring up the rookie phenom. I, I don't know if that was what yeah caused like uh, them to flip the switch. But then they showed a video of like the pregame broadcast of the guys, you know, like, hey, Red's pregame here at the stadium. And just the pregame was packed out. Like the fans around that were going absolutely nuts. In Cincinnati, those poor fans out there. I feel like the Reds have one of the better fan bases with one of the worst franchises in the MLB. Like, they, their city, did you see the picture of Cincinnati on opening day? Yeah, I mean, it's they're all at the ballpark. But Dude, I, they're not, like, historically bad. They're historically good. They're historically bad. When is the last time the Reds have even given you, like, any thought of, like, oh, man, Reds could be a threat this year? Pete Rose. <laughs> Before you and I were born... When he was Our betting eight, on games, did, did he? Rose. Last time he played, how many years ago was that? Was that more it was than in the seventies? They was, were good then. Was that more than our ages combined? 
Because I'm 31, you're what, right. 25, 26? 25, yeah. So that's 56, 56. years. I, he hasn't been out of the league for 56 years. It's 2023. I mean, we're it's getting there. We're getting close. He's been out for a while. That is... <laughs> that's for sure. But, oh, uh, my God. Hey, man, you know what? That's what Cincinnati, what boy, they... They not only need Ellie De La Cruz, they need five of him is what they need because that city, like I said, has not had a winner, has not had a inkling of a winning team in Dude, I cannot tell you the last time they had a team that Joey Votto took him to the playoffs or something. I I honestly Griffey was there. I would sit here Wolf. right now today and say I do not believe you that Joey Votto has ever been on a Reds playoff team before. Ah, he's been to the playoffs. I remember them distinctly. Like as a like spectator, I'm sure. I'm sure he bought some tickets for a game. They haven't been out that long. Dude, I'm I don't know. The Cincinnati Reds have been hot garbage for a long time. They were in the playoffs in 2020. That doesn't count. Yes, it does. The abbreviated do a 60 Mickey game. Mouse? No. I no one is getting any credit for anything they did that year. In any sport. I feel like that has to go down. That's, we we have to come to terms at some point with the year of 2020 and sports accomplishments. Oh, that counts. <laughs> Don't You're just trying to take stuff away from LeBron. And, delegi- <laughs> they won, and delegitimize everything that happened that They year. won a championship in the 90s. In 1990, they won a championship. All right, I'm talking like Since turn 91. Of the, turn of the century here, bud. What have they They done? have made the postseason five times. Since, since 91. Since 91, five times. And those were in 92, 93, 94. No, no, I'm looking. I'm, Wikipedia is making it really hard for me to do this really fast. Right now I'm in 1820 and their records, okay? They've been a franchise for a long time. See, that's the thing, too. It's like they are one of the storied franchises in MLB history, and yet like they have not been a perceived threat for the last three decades, I feel like. For my entire life, they have not been a threat to anybody in the National League. Even when they had Ken Griffey. That well, was like the coolest moment that they ever had. They had old beat up Ken too. He wasn't yeah. he wasn't good then. They had old fat Ken. Yeah, exactly. Mailed in. They had they he had uh, they made it in ninety five. They had Lionel Messi Ken. They made it in twenty ten and twenty twelve and twenty thirteen. So they won the Central. Over they were good. Over a decade ago. So about Goodness, a decade Yeah, that was a decade ago. It's yeah, twenty twelve doesn't. You know, what? I'll give them that. The fact that they even have a playoff berth within the last ten years, I I will give them a uh, Derek Jeter tip of the cap to them. But um, yeah, they uh, they did not do much. They lost to San Francisco on San Francisco's run to winning a title. Boy, if there's uh, one thing that can um, take up some time on this show, it's talking about absolutely garbage franchises. Well, that's because we all like losers. That's our problem. You like the Orioles. I like the Mariners. Patrick likes the Guardians. The best thing about the Guardians was uh, Major League. It's the best they've done. Oh, my God. They, I, from, just like losers. From, it's okay. From 96 to now, just absolute futility in Cincinnati. That poor, poor city, man. They, they've made the – hey, you know what? You want to say all that stuff? They made the postseason more than my Mariners. I would gladly – take their postseason record right now over the Mariners for my lifetime. Yeah, but... I don't remember any of the Mariners. Like, I don't remember any of the, I wasn't alive in 95. 
Oh, barely remember the 2000. I don't even remember the 2001 team. All right. I'm going to have to look at who was on these 20. Uh, see, now it's starting to make sense. Dusty Baker was a part of those Reds teams that actually made the playoffs. Okay. It's, yeah. all, it's all making see, sense now. See, Joey Votto made it. I told you. Oh, gosh. All right. Will knows ball. Uh, well, the Cincinnati Reds, now they have a little bit of um, they got a little bit of spark in their clubhouse now with getting Ellie De La Cruz. Um, will it be enough for them to climb up the NL Central? Maybe, because it seems like it's the division that nobody wants to win. I want to talk about the NL Central and also division that uh, a division that nobody wants to lose, and that's the AL East. Two very different divisions and what's going on there. We'll get to that next here on the Hot Corner on 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Patrick Harris and Joe Fisher on the Odyssey app and 1080 The Fan. We joked about how trash the Reds, well, it's not a joke. The Reds have been a trash organization for the last 20 years, it seems like. But what's really trash is the NL Central right now. There is a, well, I was going to say, there is no team entering today, I should say. Entering today, Will, there was no team in the NL Central that had a positive run differential. That doesn't sound good to me. I angrily take those words back because the Brewers decided to be a good baseball team today and yesterday <laughs> against the Orioles. Eat your words. It really <sighs> is your own people that do it to you. It's always your own people. Yeah. Um, so the Brewers are in the lead for that division. And at one point, uh, they started the season 14 and five, pretty, pretty, pretty good start there. Uh, but since that point, they've gone, I believe it's 20 and 29, which is not good. That is not good. It's not winning baseball, that's for sure. No, in fact, that's losing. They've lost nine more games or whatever it is since uh, more than they've won them. And so they clearly have gone uh, downward since their hot start. And then the other teams in the divisions that uh, in that division that seem to not want to win games are the St. Louis Cardinals, who are my favorites going in to win this division this year. And my God, they have been awful. The Chicago Cubs, they started this season surprisingly well, but they have fallen off as well. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds, they are 29-33. and 33. We already kind of talked about them. One of the surprising teams this year has been the Pittsburgh Pirates, but they are kind of facing the same fate as the Brewers in that they started really well, but uh, now they decide they don't want to win baseball games anymore. They were 20-8, and eight, the Pirates. They're now 32-29. and 29. So they've gone 12 and 21 since that point. Um, so, hell, go Reds, Will. <laughs> hey, look, you know, there always has to be a division in every sport that sucks. <laughs> you know, um, it kind of the NBA doesn't have divisions really anymore and neither does hockey. But when you look at football, there's always one division where you're like, how did Washington get into the playoffs how did Seattle get in? And every year there has to be a baseball team that gets in in a crappy division. And then for some reason they win a series or two because they get hot at the right moment or they, you know, in a three game series, one of their pitchers just decides that he's going to go and have a no hitter or, you know, a complete game shutout. So the NL Central decide, decided to be that 
division this year. I, <laughs> Milwaukee seems to be the most complete. You would think Pittsburgh's probably a couple years away, but hey, I mean, you never know. I, I really think with Pittsburgh, it's losing O'Neill Cruz early on, who I do think they are going to get him back soon-ish. They should. Right? Coming off his broken leg. Right. So I know it's baseball and one player doesn't make that big of a difference, but it does at some point to the morale of your team. Oh, and boy, oh boy, is that a segue into what I was going to talk about here because you want to talk about a young star, a young prospect rejuvenating your team and your franchise. Look no further than my Baltimore Orioles. So they recently, uh, 24 days ago, they had finished their 162nd game with Adley Rutschman, okay? As we all know, the Baltimore Orioles were absolute uh, hot garbage for a while, about three four seasons, and they were losing 100 games every year. And Adley Rutschman, he finally got the call up last year to the majors. Mm-hmm. Their record since Adley Rutschman, or I should say their record for the 162 games, the first 162 with Adley Rutschman, the Baltimore Orioles, 93-69. and 69. Nice. Orioles, very nice. Yes. <laughs> I see what you did there, Will. Well, they're winning. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. But as you said, one guy's performance may not make the difference, but what it can do for the morale of a clubhouse can completely change. Dude, I'm telling you, the Orioles sucked. All right. I was waiting for the day for Adley Rutschman to get called up for personal reasons. He's from Sherwood. He's the local guy. He's on my favorite team. I was waiting for that moment to happen for a long time. But I wouldn't envision that they would be, what is that, 24 games above 500 since he joined the team. No, he made fun of the Reds right there, but maybe Ellie De La Cruz is that spark in the clubhouse, and they look at that division, and they're like, dude, Everybody else sucks in this division. Why not us this year, yeah. right? You're, you're getting to that point where you just need to get hot. It's also starting to get to the dog days of summer. I mean, I really feel like it's that June, July, August part of the year where you really see what teams truly are because there are times every year where someone gets hot right at the beginning of the season. I remember one of the years the Mariners had 110 losses or however many losses they had at the beginning of the year, they were like 15 and two or something ridiculous like that. Then back when I was in college, right? So you're starting to truly see what these teams are. 162 games shows you a full picture of a baseball club and a baseball team. And Maybe he is that spark. He is that that player that you call him up, you bring him up. He starts putting the bat on the ball. I mean, the guy has been all over the place. He hits for power. He has unbelievable speed. I think he already has a home run, a double, and a triple. And he's been at the plate for, what, five at-bats, seven at-bats, something like that? Yeah. You know, something crazy in two games. So sometimes a player like that gets hot. All of a sudden you start believing, well, I can, if the rookie can do that, I better be able to do that. And then if he's doing that, then I can do that. And then all of a sudden your pitching starts to round into form. And all of a sudden, look at where you're at. Look at last year's Seattle Mariners team. They sucked. They were below 500. We were talking about firing Scott Service Yeah, this was. time last year. Yeah, very true. And then they ended up making it in the wild card and making it fairly easily. You had a couple days where you knew you were in the playoffs and the season was still going. So 
is it a long shot? Yeah, probably. But when you look at that division and how crappy it's been, for lack of a better term, why not us? Well, I'm going <laughs> to. So as much as I would have uh, loved to give the Reds that little confident uh, pep talk there, why not us this year? Mm, why not? They're pitching, dear God, outside of Hunter Green. Well, just have him pitch a bunch. I'm going to just name off some ERAs for you. So uh, Graham Ash, uh, Graham Ashcraft, he's got 12 starts for them, 6.64 ERA. Yeah, that's Ooh. an Ash. Uh, yeah, yeah, that <laughs> is, uh, yeah, that he's been sucking Ash so far this year. <laughs> is Luke, he from New York? Luke Weaver, nine starts, 6.27 ERA. Well, look, dude, if they just score eight runs, they're fine. <laughs> You score eight runs if every just, game. If they could just be the Rangers, if they could just be a completely different team, uh, Nick Lodolo, seven starts, 6.29 ERA. But he struck out a lot of guys, and he's hurt, so he doesn't count. Luis Sessa, six starts, nine ERA. Well, that, that, when he's out there, you got to score 10. Brandon Williamson, five starts, 5.4. Um, hey. Better. Ben Lively, four starts, 3.03. Look at that. Good job. Look at that. Look, he's getting hot right at the right uh, time. But then Connor Overton has to bring us back to reality with three starts and 11.45 ERA. Well, you know what? Sometimes you have a bad game. Sometimes you have bad games at the beginning. Yeah, look, they're probably not going to do it, right? They're (laughs) they're probably not going to be the team. But you know what? There's always one team in every major sport where you look at it at, I mean, you're 60 games in, so you got 100 left. That shows up. I'm not saying that it's going to be Cincinnati, but I could easily see it being the Pirates. You get O'Neill Cruz back, your pitching gets stabilized. I mean, Keller had an absolutely horrible performance against Oakland. He hasn't. He's been nails for them all year. Yeah. If he doesn't turn into a pumpkin, he goes back to what he's been doing. Why can't it be Pittsburgh? Why can't it be? <sighs> I I hope it is them. I hope it's Reds. I love uh, traditionally bad franchises actually having some success from time to yeah. time and uh, making a run. But, uh, yeah, after those pitching numbers, I think it's going to be a couple of years. Yeah, no, you probably got to probably gotta get some young pitchers in. Um, Lodolo was good until he got hurt, if that is fair. You know, he, he had gone out there and he'd done okay. Um, look. You know, the Central's just going to be that division where they suck and everyone complains about that team making it in, and then watch, they'll get hot. Eh. Everyone complained about the Phillies getting in, and Phillies got hot. And uh, we're up against it, and uh, you're lucky that we're up against the clock because I was going to uh, go off about the absolute juggernaut of a con- of a division that is the AL East and uh, that my yeah. Orioles right now are second in. Um, I'd love to know if there's ever been a division this late in the season with everybody above 500 because um or at 500 or above because right now the, games the red Sox at 31 and 31 are really bringing the division down they're yeah. really weighing things down 31 and 31 and you're in last place <laughs> i as a mariner fan i'd kill for 31 and Dude, 31 well like welcome to the orioles existence this is what we have to go through like every year it's just like all right hey orioles might have a good team but so will the entire division. Well, so. for years you had Tampa helping you out. You had Tampa sucking eggs, too. Yeah, well, that's definitely not the case anymore, is it? Now, Will, I'm looking at a 45 You and said their pitchers were getting right. hurt. We're up against it. <laughs> Damn it. <sighs> I gotcha. All right, fair or foul. We'll see if uh, Will can stump me or if he's got some really uh, you know, thought-provoking, opinion-based questions on 
One of the best segments in 1080 of the fans' history, fair or foul. We get to that next, but first, he's got a Sports Center update. This is the Hot Corner with Patrick Harris and Joe Fisher on the Odyssey app and 1080 The Fan. You keep that music rolling, Will, the entire time. I remember. I just got to bring it down a little bit so that everyone can hear my wonderful questions. The entire time. This is Fair or Foul, where Will will pose questions, whether they be opinion-based or whether they be uh, fact-slash-stat-based, and I will try to guess fair or foul or state why my opinion is fair or foul. Will! We're going to have a couple that are opinion, although we do have one factual. Yay! And as a Mariner fan, I did have to bring this guy up. It's Colton Wong. Key (laughs) acquisition this offseason for the Mariners. Is it fair or foul that right now, 61 games into the season, Colton Wong has more strikeouts than he has hits? Dear God. More strikeouts than hits. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say fair or a foul. Excuse me. I'm gonna say foul because I want to say that he started to hit a little bit better at the beginning of May. That uh, or was I looking at his on pace percentage? I will not help you here. I know you're not supposed to. I'm, I'm doing gonna, my best. Pass, I'm AJ. gonna say foul. I'm gonna say it's damn close though because I'm giving him this like two week stretch in May where he actually played some competent baseball at the dish. So uh, foul. You would be wrong, sir. Dude, I Colton should've. Wong has Come on. 28 strikeouts to 18 hits. That is atrocious, and he should um, quit baseball. He should be fined by the city of uh, Seattle, and uh, all that money should go to the people of Seattle. He should have to pay it back, because boy, Eight, does he suck. 18 hits? How many, 18 hits. How many games has he played in? I think it's 40. I want to say he had 160-some-odd uh, plate appearances, I think. The fact that he's only played in two-thirds of their games, too. Well, Caballero's been awesome. And Colton Wong has Or is been it that Colton Wong has atrocious. been atrocious? And so they're like, well, I guess this guy will do. Hey, you know what? Sometimes when you go to the bar, you got to have your ugly friends with you. <laughs> Makes you look better. <laughs> Number two. Dear God, that is so bad. Colton Wong. We were talking about this guy earlier. It is Ellie De La Cruz, Red's rookie. He hit a 458-foot two-run bomb today his first at-bat of the game. That's not talking about the fact that he also has hit a double and a triple. He's only been up for two games, Joe, and he's been absolutely dominant. This is opinion-based fair or foul. De La Cruz will win Rookie of the Year. Um, I'm trying to think of some. Uh, I will say foul. Foul. Because I believe that will be going to uh, Corbin Carroll of the Arizona Diamondbacks, former Hillsborough Hop. Corbin right. Carroll as well, um, and I'm I'm pretty sure because MLB kills me with the whole when did they get called up and oh is it the rookie season because did last they got, year count did this year and count I just can't remember for the I feel like this is Carroll's rookie season mm-hmm. and he has been playing tremendous um, and yeah Ellie De La Cruz like he would get at this point plenty of at bats. 
and uh, plate appearances, whatever it is, the qualification to qualify for a, as a rookie. Yeah. Uh, but Corbin Carroll, he has been up since day one, and he's been raking since day one. He's playing phenomenal. So I want to see Ellie De La Cruz win Rookie of the Year because then that means he will go on an absolute tear to end the season unlike we've ever seen before from a rookie. He's been so electric. I would love to see this be fair, but uh, I'm going to say foul and say it's going to be our, our hometown product. Corbin Carroll down in the desert. There you go. I think the Rays, I think the Franco kid, the shortstop, I think he's a rookie too. Wander Franco? I believe he's a rookie. I don't believe, so, but be uh, wrong? let's take a look. Am I wrong? We'll I felt him. like this is his like second, second year. Second year, maybe. Yeah, some... this is his third year. This is his third year? Well, then I apologize. He will be, uh, he's in line for the MVP then. That's yeah, because he that. is playing phenomenal right now. He's been fantastic as well. All right, and then our last one, because we are already a little bit off the it, clock. I told you. I told you. You don't need to run. Hey, you were I, like, I, you only need to do three. I was like, are you sure? You were right. I only needed <laughs> I was like, whenever three. we get four, we end up getting to like 845, and I have a fourth one, and I'm like, oh, yeah, uh, we're not getting to this. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> fine. I, I did the bare minimum, and it ended up being the perfect amount. Perfect. So we've already talked about this player as well, funny enough. Rangers ace Jacob deGrom, he's undergoing Tommy John surgery. He's in the first year of his five-year $185 million deal with the Rangers. Fair or foul, DeGrom will never play a full season ever again. Oh, fair. Contract. Fair. I mean, look at the, like I was saying earlier in the show, take his last three years, the innings this year, last year, and 21, combine them. That ain't a full season right there. I think at that point, that's at 180 innings. It's like, you haven't even given us a full season over the last three. I don't. So what? I don't know if he has a full season. Like I remember, even even in his like healthier years, he missed a month or two months. That's why. That's why uh, he never ended up getting like truly sensational numbers. He was always on track, and then he'd get hurt. Listen, I'll you Do know. You young? I'm gonna say foul or. Fair. What what was the question? The question was he will never yeah, play fair. a full season. I will say he will never play a full season again. There is that little part of me that says, hey, man, Justin Verlander's a pretty old dude, and he's still effective today. Now, granted, he hasn't had the injury pass as a DeGrom, but... He's also got Kate Upton. That will definitely help. That helps keep you young. She helps keep you young. As you uh, saw from Zion's side piece today, is that they will help you get healthy again. They will help you get back into the game. That's what they claim. That's what they claim. (laughs) Verlander looked like he was old and he was done in Detroit, and then all of a sudden (laughs) he starts hanging out with Kate Upton, and now he's having a career resurgence. (laughs) Resurgence. I'm sure it wasn't anything else. Um, Kate Upton. So I will hold out some hope that uh, that Degrom finds a uh, super hot smoking uh, supermodel wife. He's married, which I assume that he was already. She's he's a, not helping him. He's a good-looking, athletic dude that lived in New York and made millions of dollars. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he had someone locked down. But um, I don't know. Maybe that that maybe that's what we do in the commercial break here. Is we look up what Jacob Degrom is working with here. We set him up with Livy Dunn. 
<laughs> and see if we can do better. And also, I think <laughs> do better for him. <laughs> and I think that being that it's the last segment and there's only like three people listening, we have to have a real conversation about the East Coast uh, forest fire bias because yes, uh, boy, it has Please. been revealing of our society here in the Pacific Northwest and in Portland, how we feel about uh, New York and the East Coast being in smoke and uh, all this smog. And uh, we're not as nice as uh, the East Coast. It's uh, come to come to fruition here. So we'll finish the show up. Hot Corner, 1080 The Fan. Love baseball? So do these guys. This is the Hot Corner with Patrick Harris and Joe Fisher on 1080 The Fan. All right, I uh, stumbled upon some New York Post article from last year. Um, and it's basically <laughs> the headline reads: "Meet the gorgeous Wags supporting the Mets in the wild card versus the Padres." What is Wags? Wives, Wives and girlfriends. Ah, dude. okay, that is. Uh, wow, now I feel old. You're not on the hot Wives and girlfriends beat. I did not know that was uh, what is that um, an abbreviation for something? Um, oh yeah, this is look, dude. This is what college guys spend their time doing. <laughs> Meet the gorgeous wags. Um, so, yeah, I came across a picture of uh, Jacob deGrom's wife. And, you know, right down middle America, she seems like a just a beautiful young gal that, uh, you know, probably met in high school. Um, definitely didn't meet at uh, New York Fashion Week or Paris Fashion Week or uh, the Met Gala. Probably met her, you know, freshman year of high school and when they were on the bus going to a track meet or something. They um, probably actually love each other. You know, like, <laughs> we talk about that a lot with, because Kate Upton and Verlander, they probably don't actually love each I'm other. I'm sure they do now. It, it was very know. transactional at first, I assure. I can tell you right now, if Kate Upton and Verlander get divorced the minute he retires, because you know she's going to get annoyed having to see him all the time. You're kind of like, eh, you know, okay, like, I get it. I saw that coming. Jacob DeGrom and his wife get divorced. I'm a little surprised. Yeah, that would be that. They met before the fame. They actually love each other. They care about each other. They want to see each other win. You know she's a ride or die. Yeah. You know, like, that. that's one of the, uh, it's one of the wives. It's one of the girlfriends, much like a Brittany Mahomes, where, like, they met super young. And they're going to stay together. Could Patrick do better? Yeah, probably. Could Jacob do better? Yeah, probably. But you know what? They actually have love, which most people probably don't find. Uh, it does look like, though, uh, Brandon Nimmo of uh, the Mets. He's he's doing good. It's up and it's good. He's doing all right. They he's don't love each right other. <laughs> <laughs> That's a loveless marriage is what you're telling me. We'll see. We'll see in time. Um, oh, they look cute together in their New York Islanders jerseys at a game. That's adorable. Um, speaking of New York, though, um, they are going, a lot of the East Coast, as a matter of fact, are going through some uh, smoke because of the forest fires in Canada. And wouldn't you know it, apparently uh, we want to fix global warming now. <laughs> yeah. You know, not yeah. not back in climate change, you know, not back in 2020 when we were on fire. You know? No. And I will say it has been, it's been pretty funny today seeing the reaction of people in this part of the country and in this city that the news of them being in smoke and the orange skies and everything on the East Coast and basically our attitude is like, 
uh, yeah, it's too bad. Deal with it. You Did you see what we Sucks. had? To, not only could we not go inside anywhere in 2020, we couldn't go outside for two, three weeks because of the damn smoke no. that we had to deal with in September. Well, like, I was in central Washington. I was in Ellensburg. That happened every summer. I can't tell you how many summers I had practices canceled or moved. Do you know how hard it is to have an inside run session where you're tackling people on a gym floor because it's 150 whatever parts per whatever for the smoke? New York, cry me a river. I also hate, I don't watch the news. I refuse because I'm a zoomer and I really refuse to watch anything that isn't live sports on TV, but my parents still watch the news when I have to watch the national news do a stupid news story where they're bringing in old Al Roker to talk about the smoke in Washington, DC. Why do I care? (laughs) It is so dumb. Like, There's a snowstorm in Buffalo. There's a snowstorm in Buffalo every year. Why are we using time on the national news that I have to watch this? I just turned Tom Petty up real loud so I don't have to hear. (laughs) It's ridiculous. I would go with some CCR, but Tom Petty is not a bad choice at all. Well, I go Tom Petty because my mom and dad like Tom Petty, so sometimes like I can sneak Tom Petty in, and they'll be like, oh, cool, Tom Petty. Today, my mom was all fired up. She goes, I'm trying to watch the news. It's like, it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Nothing. Um, it's about fires in D.C. Don't well, fly. Not even fires in D.C. In Canada. In not Canada. even in this country. And that's how you knew. That, now I'm upset. Our neighbors to the north, they're exacting revenge on us over what I do not know. This but. is how the war starts. That's the other thing. They're doing this big, long thing on the news about how terrible it is in New York. You know where it's probably really terrible? Freaking Ontario, where the fires actually are. <laughs> Right. No one is doing a story about how this is doing stuff to the environment of Ontario or Quebec. None of that talk is about what's happening actually where the fires are. It's it's hard to breathe in New York. Like it's always hard to breathe in New York. You guys all have pollution. This is dumb. I will say though, on a more serious note, that I'm sucks. Serious. <laughs> I'm, so I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I know about you, Joe. I don't want anyone to get hurt. No, I don't I'm just want saying, anyone to get that's, hurt. Dude, that sucks. Like, I really hope that this summer we can steer clear as much of that crap as possible because, uh, dude, it's just like we sit in solitary confinement for nine months of the year here in the Pacific Northwest because of mm-hmm. the rain. The I'm last thing I outside. want to happen is, hey, you know these really nice months where you love to go outside and actually do things? Well, guess what? You can't. You know what, though? I bet you this is the worst fire year ever. Don't! What are you doing? No, I'm not throwing it into the universe. I'm not, I promise. But think about it. Think about it. We went through two years where we really couldn't go outside. Like Even last summer, there were still things of like, you can't really do everything you want. There was like one week of that. In last four, last Fourth of July, I remember not being able. Uh, I had to still wear masks to go into places, which was fine. Don't have an issue having to do it. I'm just saying that this is the first summer in two or three years where you really don't have to do a bunch of stuff like that. I, I bet it gets bad. People lose their mind. Well, hot take there from Will Ortner trying to predict forest fires. 
I hope you don't go and don't set, do it. Don't go set any just to make your predictions correct. I promise I won't. I listen well, to Joe. Smokey. Look at that. The umquas and flames. I listen to Smokey. Why don't you look at that? Always have. Well, stay safe. Uh, we are less than a month from Fourth of July, so yeah, don't light any uh, forests on fire, please. And hopefully all the teams can get to some baseball because we had some postponements because of all that. And hopefully we can get Patrick and Rashad and Jordan, everyone back here soon. For the love of God, I want my hosts, everyone back, please. But, Will, I appreciate you today. Of course. I will appreciate you on Sunday and every time I see you. And I appreciate you all listening tonight. Have a good night. Got you next week.